Live from the abyss, where Kaj is still furiously typing out a script for us to talk about things today. This is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 251, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancements of philately. This is Tom. This is Cash. This is Albert. Scott will be here. He'll be here in just a second. Shout out to friends of the show, Stan Cromlish and Robert Wardell. Robert, get better soon. Albert, with the coronavirus and such, and with air flights being in chaos, discuss airline flights to stamp shows. Well, I've gone to six or seven stamp shows in the last couple of weeks. Um, I've been, I always try to buy my flights a couple weeks in advance to get the best fares. And with the coronavirus, um, it actually gives you a chance to save money by, uh, uh, for, I fly Southwest. So what I've been doing is actually canceling my tickets and rebooking them. With Southwest, um, there's no charge for canceling it, and you can use the money um, within a year. And so, for instance, my ticket to St. Louis went from being about $180 to being $99 after I booked it yesterday. So I think, it, I think it's a great time to go to certain kinds of stamp shows. I'm looking where there are fewer cases of the coronavirus, and St. Louis is certainly one. Last week, Cleveland was another, and uh, we had an excellent meeting of the U.S. Philatelic Classic Society. Um, but when I travel, I also am very careful. I wear, a, I wear jackets. I wear gloves. I don't wear a face mask because uh, the CDC doesn't uh, recommend that unless you actually have, have some sort of a cold. But I also uh, turn around and try to keep that six-foot separation when I'm in the airport so that um, I don't, if somebody sneezes, I don't get uh, their droplets of virus. So, uh, well, an interesting story was on the radio today. People were talking about flying and uh, on passenger flights that, you know, are usually you're crammed together. You know, she uh, she was talking about how she flew this. I guess it was New York to Los Angeles or one of those long flights. And uh, she had the entire row to herself. That's how many people are not flying right now. Well, the flight from Cleveland was 100 percent full. Uh, almost full, um, and uh, I, so I sat, I, I had a uh, high boarding number, so I sat, but I was lucky enough to get an aisle seat. Um, but the people, the people that were on the flight, a lot of them were going to this construction agriculture uh, show that's taking place right now in Las Vegas. Nah. So uh, that's what the people were, they were, they were in the farm business. Yeah. And so they were coming out, they were outside of Akron. And uh, they were interested in going to the show and then experiencing some of the joys of being in Las Vegas. Yeah, everything except, uh, did you hear the uh, MGM and a couple other uh, canceled their buffet? Yes, the Wynn canceled their buffet. Yeah, actually, actually, I heard that the Wynn, before I heard that they canceled the buffet, I heard that they had just uh, 
put staff at each of the buffet stations to serve the food so that people wouldn't be handling the utensils and things like yeah. that. So I and and I heard the two kind of about the same time, so I'm not sure exactly which one they went with, but it seems to me that they'd at least try to stay open if they could. Well, I thought of two things. First of all, I thought like you did, they don't want people handling the utensils back and forth. But there's also a drop in uh, people coming to Las Vegas. I mean, on Tuesday when we went to our... Well, I, there's only so much lunch, food that those of us who live here can eat. So. Well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> no, and, and just to shout out anybody who's in Las Vegas on Tuesday at noon at the... Uh, well, now it's at the Green River Casino. Green, Green Valley Ranch. I'm sorry, Green Valley Ranch. Uh, we have a stamp collecting lunch, so uh, come on by. If you see a bunch of people milling around the front that look like stamp collectors, it's probably us. And uh, everyone in the world is invited. Uh, but when we were there, I'll bet you there were easily a third, maybe half of people off. The, the, the seating yeah. was immediate for us. Just about. And for a large group, that's not normal. Some of the casinos are already making plans to cut staff hours because of fewer, fewer visitors. But, uh, um, and that's both, it, that's both people in the, that take care of the hotel rooms and uh, that work um, in the food services. Because I've talked to several people that I know, and they, they happen to mention it. Um, but... Uh, it's like everything else in life. You just have to be careful and uh, watch yeah. out. Um, you can't. Uh, there's, there's an absolute panic out there. I've been to five different WalMarts in the last week, and I can't buy a bottle of hand sanitizer to save my life. So I have my I have my Clorox wipes, and I just and I use just soap and water, and yep. it, it's deadly on the virus. So just wash your hands. Well, I don't understand the we, toilet paper rush. Uh, well, I guess people are anticipating diarrhea, but coronavirus. This particular strain is not uh, known for causing that. Yes, but it could mutate. Well, and I mean, you you could it have won't some, because you, you, you could have something else. Yeah, it's a respiratory problem, which yeah. is not going to cause you to have uh, any bathroom issues. But anyway, when I travel, I, I take some of those um, Lysol wipes and I put them in a little Ziploc bag. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I do when I get on the plane is I I wipe down the the tray table and the arms of the ch of the seat and everything else around me that I may touch during the flight. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the little air thing and the light overhead and, you know, just anything I might touch to give uh, at least kill as many germs as I can. Uh, That's probably smart because last week I did indeed get a cold. It, was, it probably I mean, wasn't coronavirus, but it I mean, made me it, cough. To, you know, just to take a small Ziploc bag with that sort of stuff, stuff in it on the plane with you is, is no big deal. It doesn't take up any room at all. On Sunday's flight um, from Cleveland to Las Vegas, they had the uh, uh, flight attendants actually uh, made an announcement before we took off that they were they actually came by to collect all the wipes. Oh, no. Yes. A lot of people were doing that. Uh, oh, I would say two-thirds of the people had some sort of a wipe. I had, I had my... I, I, decided to just carry the whole container because it's, I have one of the small containers. And you gave one to me and Chris also. Thank you. Yes. I'm very uh, concerned about uh, we don't want to bring it in here. We want we no, yeah. to keep the, we wanna keep, we wanna keep the fun in stamps and uh, don't want to have that problem. Which, 
this is a thing that um, came up to me like yesterday. Is coronavirus good or bad for stamp collecting? I think potentially it's going to be excellent for those people who have an online presence. Unfortunately, for people like me who like to actually see my clients and actually, uh, I'm usually filling the major cavities in a in a in a collector's uh, in somebody's collection, and so I they want me to look at the stamps and all that. Well, I I I think that that's going to be that's going to be curtailed a little bit, but uh, my my normal customers. Um, I was starting to do that last night. I was calling clients and saying, thank you for the business, and can I help you, and what do you need right now? Yeah. And, and what, can I, uh, what can I find for them that they have always wanted and never, um, never obtained? Um, many of the people that I talked to at the Garfield Perry show were exhibitors. Uh, they didn't necessarily have their exhibit, but they, some of them actually brought it, and we actually went up to my room, and I, I was going through uh, somebody's... Uh, Hawaiian stationery collection and uh, his actual exhibit and saying, well, you need to do this and do that. And I actually found a, uh, a double overprint on a five-cent provisional government entire that had gotten a bad certificate from another expertizing service. And I looked at it and I said, it's authentic. So he was thrilled to hear that. Cool. And uh, Well, because what I was thinking was our season. And again, I'm not just basing this on what, PSE does for business. I'm basing it on like eBay sales also. Actually more than that on eBay sales. And sales tend to pick up in the winter months when people are locked in their houses because of weather. Now in California and Nevada, obviously people aren't locked in their houses because there's snow outside, but uh, back East. No, that happens in the summertime when it's 120 degrees yeah. outside. Actually, yeah, you're right. It's the opposite. Um, so you have this boost of the stamp business because of weather, because people are locked in their houses because they can't go outside. And that's exactly what the coronavirus is causing. And by the way, I'm going to stop calling it the coronavirus because there's a zillion coronaviruses, including coronaviruses that your dog's getting stuff. I'm calling it the Wuhan virus, which was the original name. So the Wuhan virus is going to lock people into their houses. And when you're there, they were they were talking on the radio about, you know, what would you invest in if you wanted to make money on the Wuhan virus? And they said, uh, well, stuff that people do out of the house because people are going to be in the house. So they were bringing up Netflix and they were bringing up the Disney Channel and they were bringing up computer games. And I was thinking, yeah, what about buying stamps on eBay? I mean, that's sort of what's going on. The only concern that I have about about that is, will there be enough people at the post office to handle the packages that have to be shipped? No. Oh. <laughs> so, so you have to change your uh, shipping from uh, so five you, days to ten days or right, something I like th that. I think that's going to be a realistic thing if this... It really becomes a pandemic. I think that that certain kind of service organizations are going to run short of people, um, and you're just going to have to be patient about it. I know that uh, I know that at some places already that they're um, I, that they're it's, the lines are longer. Yeah. Um, um, Although yesterday I you know we at PSE we have to drop everything off at the post office every day, 
I went to the post office and usually I have to wait in line like 20 minutes. I was right. There was one person in front of me. Now, I've noticed restaurants are definitely um, have less people in them, but but I got... I, I, I we got, went to lunch yesterday, and we had to wait. Uh, in, at, for lunch, we had to wait. Well, yesterday I went to, I went to Farmer Boys for dinner, and uh, they were only... They had maybe 25% of what they normally have inside the restaurant, but then... Like like myself, I was just getting the meal to go, and I just that way I have the least amount of time exposure to people, and then I ate I ate um, I ate at home. Oh, I'll bet you Uber Eats is booming in business. You know, people who uh, order their food from the restaurant and then have the Uber go out and pick Uber, it up for them. Uber Eats, DoorDash, any yeah. of those places, any of those companies that specialize in delivering food are going to be. Yeah, I've doing, never used them. As a matter of fact. Well. When I went to uh, the Arapex with uh, Albert, it was the first time I had ever even contemplating using uh, Airbnb, and it's been around for a decade. Yes. So uh, I am behind the technological thing there, but I do know that I can buy stuff from Uber Eats. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the stamp market because the other thing is that uh, as people get worried and stuff, they stop spending money. So you uh, have sort of a well, we have, uptick of being stuck in your house and then a downtick of not wanting to spend money. Well, Mark said that when the stock market was going down, his business was affected, but he said that later in the week, things have started to normalize and he was getting, he was actually doing a little more business. He, uh, selling stamps, and I have seen this, selling stamps follows the stock market. But it doesn't follow the stock market is uh, your stamps go up and down in value. It's that your stamps, your sales drop off. So yesterday there was a massive drop, which means that today there will be a massive correction. Uh, but as eBay sales drop or grow, it will be interesting to see, you know, people who are stuck in their houses and also how long this lasts. I do not think that the uh, Wuhan virus scare is going to, you know, it's going to last like 14 days. And then at the end of 14 days, everybody will say, okay, I self-quarantined for 14 days. Let's go back, back to, you know, putting our lives back together. But 14 days is enough to cause a recession. So there will be a small recession in probably four to six months. You know, they'll, well, it'll get declared. Back to... Uh Back to the coronavirus and traveling for stamp shows. Um, when I check into a hotel, because obviously when I travel, I don't have a, another house to stay at. Um, usually within the first 10 minutes, I'll turn the TV on. Well, it's also been shown that the TV remote is probably the dirtiest item in the entire hotel room. So yeah. um, take those uh, wipes that you used on the aircraft and... Uh, Wipe them, wipe around the uh, TV remote as well when you get to your room. And the telephone. Uh, the telephone. Uh, I never use the telephone, but uh, it's always just a good thing to do it just in case. Honestly, um, but the shower head is always disgusting. Oh, the shower head. I mean, there, whether it's you might you know if you really want to be safe, you might as well just plan on wiping down the room, the whole room. Uh, you know, and any of the surfaces that uh, you would normally touch, you know, any 
the the desk where the TV is and the the sinks in the bathroom and everything. I just wipe everything down. Yeah, go but in there with the black forget, light. Don't forget the the soap tray and the shower and the shower head and the underneath all of that. the sink. Well, you can do that. The back of the TV set, just in case. Well, you can do that. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, right now I think it's better safe than sorry. Take a little bit of precaution. And, well, uh, that is the thing is um, a lot of people are now doing things that they really should always do. I mean, the Wuhan virus is deadly, and I feel very bad for the people who have died from it and the people who, you know, are scared by it and stuff like that. I totally understand. But I, I think but the, the panic... flu is worse than the Wuhan virus. Well, the Wuhan virus is a strain of the flu. That is completely untrue. Oh, what, what part is untrue? That it's worse than the flu, or that the flu is worse than it. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, because I'm just basing the, it on statistics and numbers. Yes. The flu has a death ratio of about 0.1%, right. whereas the whatever you want to call I it. I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to blow about, you up. I'm going to totally blow 1%. you up. Here comes, here comes. Go ahead, say that again so that I can blow you up properly. I already said it. Okay, you say there's a 1%. How many people have the Wuhan flu? I don't keep count. Well, if you, if you say it's got a 1%, you have to know how many people have it. If it has Nobody a, if it, does. If it has a 1% fatality rate versus a 0.1% mortality rate, it is 10 times more deadly than the flu. Correct. Wonder if 100 times more people have Wuhan than have the flu. Then it's what got if, a point oh oh one. No, increasing the number versus the deaths does not decrease the percentage. If a million people get it and 100,000 people die, it's still 1%. Right, but if a billion people get it and 100,000 people die, then it's a 0.001%. Nobody knows how many people have the Wuhan flu because a lot of it is so small that people don't get diagnosed with it who die. And it's like, you would be correct. Because nobody knows how many people have it. So saying that it has a 10% death rate, you can make up any number you want. Because nobody can disprove you. Because the question is, are there 50 cases or are there 50 billion cases? Well, of course, there's not 50 billion cases unless everybody has it five times. But in, <laughs> in that case, you still can't say it's more less deadly than the flu because but how you many also flu can't, you how also many can't flu, say it's more deadly? How many flu cases go undiagnosed each year? Okay, so here's here is how you get around that. Statistics lie. No. That's how you get around it. Yeah, that's true. That is absolutely true. You, you can twist statistics you to are, prove it. Abs- point you absolutely correct. So what the answer is, is Don't you, listen to cash. No, you count how many no. body bags there are. How many dead people are there from Wuhan and how many dead people are there from uh, the flu? And you that's that's not statistics. You walk up and go, there's a guy laying there. What did he die from? You know, he died from the flu. And you find literally about 1,700 more of those than you do because that's just the numbers. So, what, but getting back, people should be doing this wiping down and stuff 
Forget about Wuhan flu. You should be doing it to prevent the, or excuse me, the Wuhan virus. It's not a flu. You should be doing it to prevent the flu. Wipe everything down. Cover your mouth. Do everything everybody is saying, but forget about Wuhan. Protect yourself from the yeah. flu. No, you, sh- you should do that anytime you travel anyway. Yeah. And this is just kind of bringing it to the forefront. Yeah, that is true. But it is misguided, in my opinion. Well, another, another thing I was, you know, I, I saw some talking head interviewed a doctor, and the doctor basically said when he went through medical school, they taught him how to wash his hands prior to surgery. And basically, it was warm water and soap. And, okay, you, you scrub with warm water and soap. Well, how long? And, and he said, well, 20 seconds. If you sing happy birthday twice in your head when you're washing your hands, that's about how long you should wash your hands for. So that makes it real easy to remember. Uh, if, if you're washing yeah. your hands, don't use cold water. Use warm water. And sing happy birthday in your head twice while you're soaping up. My favorite, and I, I have brought it up a couple times, but I really like Freakonomics. And they were talking about on Freakonomics about teaching doctors to wash their hands back in like the 1600s and 1700s. They had no clue what was killing off all these people. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, they washed their hands and all of a sudden half the people died. You know, h- half as many people died. And they're going, wow, I wonder if washing your hands has something to do with it. And so they started washing their hands and they noticed the death rates in these hospitals plummeted. And that was a really, anybody who hasn't listened to Freakonomics should really listen to Freakonomics. They have great stories on it of stuff like that. So, yeah, basically go back to doing what your mom and dad taught you to do as a kid. Wash your hands, how to, but, you know, wash your hands properly. Block your mouth when you cough. The hardest thing for me is just remembering not to touch my face. Yeah. Yeah, that's impossible. That's one of the hard things for me is not touching my face. It's impossible. Those of us who wear eyeglasses, it's almost impossible not to touch your eyes. Well, no, you you touch... The fact that I take my glasses off and I put them on, I take them off and I put them on, because I don't need them to to function. I need them to read. Yeah, but you look at stamps. You have openings in your head. Your body is programmed to keep stuff away from the openings. The reason why you scratch your nose or wipe your mouth or something is because your body, your brain is telling you, hey, there might be something there. I mean, actually getting you, the only way to get you to stop would be to like get a pet cone. Is put a cone over your head. It's just, it's, it's impossible to tell people stop touching your face. Unless you put like boxing gloves on and then you'd still be touching your face. It's just be, you'd be touching with boxing gloves. I actually carry carry a pair of gloves with me now, specifically so that I won't be touching, like in the when I'm in an airport. So no, that's fair. Yeah, I've just found that. I mean, I just went out and bought bought um, leather gloves, and just so that I also don't beat up my my hands so much. There are quite a few people. Uh, I see a lot of people all over the. Well, I was at FedEx yesterday, and they were all wearing the uh, blue rubber gloves. And it's like, I understand. That's that's probably something that you should do all the time. It's a shame that, you know, you're going to do it for this month. And then, in, you know, everybody's going to say, okay, Wuhan is past. Some, some doctor is going to go, we have, 
successfully fought off Wuhan virus and, you know, everybody else forget. And then they'll stop wiping down their airplane seats and they'll stop, start doing stupid stuff again. And again, they won't get Wuhan. They'll get the flu and it'll be much worse. Well, just remember that the historically in 1918, the influenza that, that also called the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. that there was a, um, that during the summer months, there was a, um, there were fewer cases, so they thought it was passed. Yeah. But in that time, probably the flu mutated a little bit and it killed many more people in 1919 than it did in 1918. So be beware. This has got to go on for at least a year until we have a true vaccine that works. Uh, I think everybody should, should just, this is just the new, the new norm about taking care of yourself. Well, everybody brings up the Spanish flu as the worst case scenario and they don't bring up like SARS or MERS or Zika or Ebola or any of the other stuff. You know, we've had lots of scares, but we've really only had one good pandemic, and it was the Spanish flu. And that was a weird one. What about cholera? Cholera, oh, yeah. You know, go back to the, all the way up until the 1850s. You know. Even into the 1900s. Yeah, but in the 1900s, it was more uh, from really super undeveloped areas. Well, cholera is a disease because of a lack of sanitation. Right. It's a, it's, it's a polluted water supply. Yep. Why do you think so many people in China have died of cholera yep. bef- before, the, before the modernization of industrial China? It was a major killer. Well, that's what in 1850, my, my favorite engineer's name, Bazaljet, did the uh, London sewer system and basically at that point uh, wiped out cholera in London just by making better sewers. But the, uh, oh, now I forgot what I was going to say. Um, Good. Oh, but back to the uh, Spanish flu, it was very interesting because two things were occurring. First of all, World War I was causing a lot of people to be unhealthy. And it's just like Wuhan. Wuhan doesn't kill you. Wuhan gives you pneumonia, which kills you. Oh, and uh, if you just, that's one of the bad things that I think they're doing right now is they're not telling people whether or not you're in a risk group. The people who are dying are heavy duty smokers who are over the age of 70. If you're over the age of 70 and you were a heavy smoker and you get Wuhan, you have a problem. If you are a little kid, there have been zero deaths of little kids from Wuhan because you've got nice, healthy lungs and Wuhan attacks the lungs. And so a lot of people who are not in the risk groups are panicking and they really shouldn't be. And that I think is unfortunate that we're not giving people correct information. Well, the sad thing is uh, at the grocery store yesterday, People were shoving each other out of the way so that they could get to to just the cleaning supplies in the cleaning aisle. It was it was ridiculous. It, they, uh, there was a thing on Facebook about uh, the city, uh, the um, government wants to control price gouging on uh, hand sanitizers. I've been to Costco three times in the last ten days, and every time I've been there, there have been a whole parade of people 
walking out the door with literally carts piled with cases of water. And I have no idea why. Yeah. Well, toilet paper, like we said, except, and this is a, I went to the restroom upstairs here and you have some of it. We got the worst toilet paper in the world from Costco. That toilet paper, it's like a single ply toilet paper. It's just terrible. Um, so well, we didn't buy toilet paper. We bought sandpaper. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> no, this is like uh, the just a single ply toilet paper, and it's like miserable. I mean, and some well, obviously you should, you should talk to the finance officer about. Uh, yeah, it. Sorry, yeah, think, the, yeah, the see, office manager bought to, it, and I'm going. Where the to, hell did I get this stuff from? Yeah. Anyway, anything else? Well, on your script, you said our topic today was suggested by Stan C. How do you identify Washington Franklin heads? Do you want to talk about stamps, or are we going to just talk about the virus? Well, we've been talking about stamps and the virus. Uh, okay. I think, it's an, I think for collectors, it's an excellent time to get with your dealer, um, perhaps, perhaps if you don't want to see them in person, but just be online with them, and you can ask all those questions that he didn't have time for. He has time now for you because he wants he wants to do business with you and he wants to uh, or she wants to uh, she wants to supply all those things that you need and the nice thing is is that the mail service still works. Yeah, that is true. So okay, for Stan C, what is the first step? We'll do this again uh, next week. What is the first step other than like? looking at the stamp to identify a Washington Franklin head. Franklin's head is more round and has less hair. Profile's different. Not celebrated on President's Day. Um, a, lot, a lot of times the colors are different, and uh, usually the value, the denomination of the stamp is different. Oh, really? Oh, that's, that's insightful. That's very insightful. Thank you for sharing that. Did it help you identify your Washington Franklin? <laughs> well, you've been listening to Coronavirus Show here today. This was episode number one. This was Tom. <laughs> this was Cash. This is Scott. This is Albert. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.